All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? with a new episode of the Hordes of Chaos. On this episode, I got a lot of new shit coming your way today. Some in the form of Cemetery, Sabbath, uh, Conqueror, Rings of Saturn, Great Old Ones, 1349, Flesh Meadow, Mayhem, and a lot of other shit, including some new rock stuff as well. Uh, I got a few topics I'll be touching on throughout the episode as well. Obviously, uh, DJ Neko is going to be out for a couple months, so my partner and sidekick will not be here for the next few episodes that you're going to be listening to, but uh, try to keep it interesting and talk about anything that uh, upcoming movie-wise or music-wise for you, keep you updated on all the entertainment news. i kick off this first block uh New track from a band called Eternal Thirst. Uh, their last record, A Hellish Fight Goes On, was like an awesome record. One of my favorites of the year, a couple years ago. Uh, they have a new one. Uh, doesn't have the same vibe or as far as uh, strength for me as the last record, A Hellish Fight Goes On. But uh, it's still a pretty good, decent record. And I got a track from it called The Last Shot. Check it out. Body Hunter. Man, he's got to do something for a living these days. Diane ain't much of a living boy.
is Zobo with the Bandy Thorn. You're listening to the Hordes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. Pump it. Alright, DJ New is back with you on the Hordes of Chaos, Metal Tavern Radio, the podcast. Sabellus, def- Defamation of God. Alright, so I want to talk a little bit about a new series uh, on Amazon Prime. It's called The Boys. It's got uh, Simon Pegg, Carl Urban, um, Elizabeth Shue. Those are some of the bigger names in it that I'm familiar with. There's a lot of new faces in there as well. Basically, the premise is you got a bunch of superheroes that working hand-in-hand with a corporation that obviously not only uh, monetizes what they do and their outlook, you know, they're doing all these, uh, what you call them, adverts for different things, like promoting themselves both as uh, superheroes and, of course, the mass media people and everything else eat it up, but what happens underneath is you got these superheroes basically sort of in the vein of Watchmen, you know, they're they're doing corrupt and bad things behind the scenes and really they're just big assholes. <laughs> so the premise basically bases this off of these are all like destined uh chosen people who were chosen to be yeah, chosen by God to be superheroes and save the world or whatever, but we find out that there's an underlying secret that ties into all that. And one of the main issues is one of the uh, superheroes kills a guy's girlfriend, which kind of kicks it all off. He basically runs right through her. It's making her explode. I mean, and this this series is cool because it's RA. It doesn't hold back on any of the gore or the language or anything like that. So you get to see all that and it's wonderful joy. Um, <clears throat> but what happens is the boyfriend ends up like teaming up with Carl Urban's character who also lost, lost his wife. Uh, although he doesn't really know exactly what happened. She just went missing. But he assumes that the lead superhero Homelander is responsible for that. So he's got this vendetta for the last eight years that he's working on. So he teams up with this young man who just lost his girlfriend. And they find ways to try to take down the superheroes and those responsible behind the corporation uh, for what they're doing. Because they they see the truth behind it all. And in the mix of this, you've got this... A uh, young girl who is a new superhero who has been raised by her mother to prepare for being in what is called the seven. They're like the top seven superheroes of the world. And uh, it's really funny because the superheroes kind of audition for this. And she somehow manages to win the spot into the seven because one of them retires. So here it is. Uh, you got this going on. And then also all this stuff with uh, regular humans trying to, or at least this group of regular humans trying to take down the superheroes because they see the corruption behind it. So it's pretty interesting, very good. Uh, the whole, I think it's like eight or nine episodes, and 
all the way to the end, like, had me guessing exactly what was going on. I figured out some of it, you know, because I'm like, I had to rethink things. And then when I saw certain other things later on, I said, oh, well, maybe he's taking this the wrong way and should be thinking out about it from a different angle. But uh, it ends on a cliffhanger, obviously, so I'm thinking they're going to have season two for sure. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a guessing game and you don't always think that you have it figured out, but <clears throat> eventually you do. And eventually at the end, like, you're just like, holy fuck. So good series. Check it out. If you have Amazon prime, it's totally worth it. Um, especially if you like stuff like Watchmen, it's up right up that alley. So definitely worth it. All right. We're going to get back to some music. Brand new stuff to kick off this next block by Baptized by Fire.
DJ Nibbers, back with you on Metal Tavern Radio, the podcast with the Hordes of Chaos. Rings of Saturn, new stuff for them, bloated and stiff. Good stuff. Alright, so uh, a few episodes back we talked about the passing of the late great Sid Haig, uh, horror icon. He, uh, a couple of the movies he starred in uh, for Rob Zombie was uh, House of a Thousand Corpses and also uh, Devil's Rejects and of course talked about how Three from Hell being the, the tip off of the trilogy that was coming up uh, got a chance to look at it the other day uh, decent flick obviously um, you know Zombie in that particular series has done pretty well uh, it still not quite as good as Devil's Reject. I think that's really the best one of the bunch. Um, now, some of that may be due to the fact that Hague only plays but a small part in the film, and a lot of that had to do with his health at the time, so he uh, isn't one of the main focal points anymore uh, other than at the beginning. Like, the whole idea is the trio of uh, Captain Spaulding... Um, Sherry Moon's character, Firefly, and of course, uh, Bill Mosley's character, uh, they're all arrested and thrown in jail, and of course they're going through the whole thing. It's almost like a, a type of Manson thing as they're documentary, document, documenting everything that's happening with the characters as they're being interviewed about why they did what they did and all this. So, for probably like good uh, half hour to 40 minutes is done on them being in prison and of course uh, they find a way to get out now the third cog here now is uh, supposedly Mosley's character's brother played by Richard Brake who was excellent in the movie 31 that Zombie did uh, he's like the brother that helps bail out or break out Mosley's character, I, I forget his name right offhand, but uh, so you know, obviously we we they're out and they're trying to get Firefly out and all this other stuff. So it, it's good. I mean, it definitely does keeps up with the tradition of what the first two movies were doing. Um, but I think without Haig, it kind of lost some of its luster. I don't know why so much because Break is really good. Uh, he didn't really stand out as much as in this movie as he had in 31, but, uh, certainly, uh, the other characters are still there, and there's a lot of cameos and whatnot in this new film as well, so you see, uh, Danny Trejo's in there for a little bit, because he was in Rejects and all that stuff too, so it plays into that character as well, so it, it's decent, it's a good I don't know if they're ever going to do any more based off of this series, but if it's going to end like that, it's fine. Uh, did a pretty good job with it. Uh, Alright, so the other thing I want to get to is um, Nasrell Recordings. Uh, they specialize in Christian metal, and uh, one particular guy, uh, 
Logan, who uh, is the brainchild behind Symphony of Heaven, uh, was part of this uh, label for a while. And apparently they're closing doors. I'm not sure exactly why. Uh, I know it could be kind of tough as a label to keep the finances running or just, you know, be able to keep things running when you're not making as much money. And that and it doesn't have to be just with Christian metal, but anything in general. So it's hard to do that label-wise. So I'm not sure the reasons behind their closing, but uh, they are currently uh, offering free downloads from Bandcamp from them. So if you're interested in any of that, um, they have some pretty cool bands in there. I'm going to play like three of them in the next block here uh for you to check out they specialize mainly in black and death metal stuff uh for the christians um well christian lyrics and uh purpose and all that so good stuff uh i checked a few of them out i was pretty happy about that uh so like i said it, it, they're offering free downloads or you can pay if you feel like you want to donate basically any money to the bands and artists and for the label itself for that so go check it out they're worth it. Uh, I'm going to kick off this first block, what well, is block here, with these bands called Symphony of Heaven.
Hi, this is Jessica from Factory of Dreams. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. DJ Nibbles, back with you on Metal Tavern Radio, the podcast. Got to hear a little bit of Enemy of Satan there with the purpose. Alright, it's about that time for our rock block. Um, normally, as Neko is usually here, there's Neko's pick of the week. But, as I said, she's gone for a couple months. So, Nubis is going to hold down the fort in our little cave here that we are rearranging and getting all sorted. Uh, so this week on the Rock Block, got some new stuff from Vinny Moore to Darkness, Faded Color Factory, Sin 7, Life of Agony, and gonna, I got a track I'm gonna play from a band that I just discovered the other day. Uh, you know, when it comes to shock rock, it's not all that surprising to see the different things that happen. Um, you think of Alice Cooper, Wasp, Marilyn Manson, um... Wendy Williams, uh, stuff like that. Uh, there was this all-female group called Rock Bitch from the UK. I never even heard of them before until now. Uh, very talented group of young women. Um, they're no longer together, obviously, but I guess from like the early to mid-90s to the mid-2000s, they were playing together and touring, but they, uh, obviously, uh, a real feministic approach to their music, because um, they were, you know, talking about the struggles of women and just, you know, stuff that they've had to deal with, and as well as women in general. So they're just trying to make people aware. Uh, but they were very, uh, what do you want to say, free with their sexuality and expressing those things, like, they took everything to like another level. Like <laughs> it was pretty crazy. I seen some of the live stuff uh, that they were doing. Literally, one dude showed up at their uh, concert with a, a a dildo that he had put on his head. Like somehow he got it, like strapped on his head, and literally one of the the girls in the band, the, the guitarist, one of the guitarists, she was like actually fucking his head while playing. I'm I kid you not. This is all beaver shots and all it's penetration you got it um and listening to their catalog of stuff uh i sat down and listened to some stuff they had quite a bit of good music like just they were actually very good songwriters for what they were doing and there's a lot of diversity to their music just in uh composition and arrangement so they were bringing a little bit of everything. It's like a cross between classic rock of the 70s and 80s cock rock almost. Um, and then there's also a little bit of uh, alternative in there. So it was very cool to see them able to play some of this different stuff and their live stuff. Like, you know, they the one of the singers dressed up in almost goth, you know, as like a kind of gothic look. So they were throwing a bunch of different shit at you. Uh, both in musically and presentation of how they played their stuff. So one of the interesting things I thought was both cool and crazy was 
at every show, I guess, they would have what's called the golden condom. <laughs> and so they would basically either throw this out or, you know, hand it out to someone they felt deserved it or whatever. But that lucky guy or girl would end up going backstage and having some good sex with one of the members or both or whatever. I don't know how many actually participated most of the time, but... That was sort of like the uh, the reward if you ever showed up there, I guess, or got lucky enough to do that. Uh, so they, they really, you know, when it came to expressing their sexuality and everything, they were really uh, backing up everything they were saying. So they, they gave no fucks, and that's very cool to see. Uh, so I'm going to play, open up this rock block with uh, a track from them called Suffergate. And uh, check it out. I, th I dig it. It's interesting stuff. Cool band. Definitely need to talk about them more. So check it out.
Sean Collector and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio.
Torrify from Victoria, B.C. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Stay thrashing. DJ Nibbus, back with the Hordes of Chaos on Metal Town Radio, the podcast. Brand new stuff from Life of Agony from their latest release, The Sound of Scars, Weight of the World. It's pretty fucking cool that, if you don't know anything about that band, uh, singer Mina Caputo, uh, initially born as Keith Caputo, uh, transgender, obviously, uh, that that she's back with the fold and you know it's like very cool that the band's back together doing stuff like they did a couple albums with uh her former identity and then i think whitfield crane came in for one record and then they kind of like went dormant for a while but now they're back new record sounds really fucking good actually i guess they released a couple albums in 2005 and 17 i don't think i've heard anything off of those so i don't know exactly how long she may have been back with the band or if they had other singers or whatever I'll have to do some research on that but this is new to me as far as like the recent stuff so very good stuff very cool record Uh, definitely rock metal oriented kind of throws back to the first couple releases so be sure to check it out they do a fucking wicked cover of uh, Don't You Forget About Me by the way so maybe I'll have to play that down in the future to open up a show but uh, certainly a cool band. Check them out. Very worth it. Uh, on the music news source, uh, friends of mine, Nomas, Keith, uh, Chris Keller, uh, bassist uh, for Nomas, is no longer there in the band. Uh, he's also a guitarist for Condemned Infected, so maybe it has something to do a little bit with that uh, as far as his leaving or out of the band. I know they still is working on new material for Condemned Infected. Uh, but the band uh, themselves have replaced him with uh, Noisium bassist singer Ben Aft. Amph, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. Uh, I've seen Noisium and they're fucking amazing live. Got a very old school carcass vibe about them. Uh, but he's now the new bassist for Nomos. So that's a great fucking addition for them. Uh, also adds more vocals for them as well if they wanted to go that route with Roger and all that. So uh, I'll be catching them pretty soon. They're playing next Tuesday, in fact, with uh, Nile and Terrorizer. So if you're in a Baltimore area or close by and want to catch a great show at Soundstage, go and fucking check these guys out when they open up. They're going to fucking kill it. They're going to be at MDF next year. I'm so fucking excited for that. Um, that that's been something I'm... Echo and I have done for a while, the last 10 or so years, going to MDF. And so watching one of my favorite bands and good friends of mine play on that kind of stage is going to be fucking amazing. But I'm going to see him again next week with Nile. And then, of course, I think a few days later, they're playing at the uh, Alice Brew Works uh, with Blame God, another band that I'm familiar with, uh, friends of mine in that. So... Check them out, man. They're fucking amazing. Great death grindcore stuff, so very worth it. Uh, outside of that, also, uh, Brian Johnson, ACDC, has re- announced that they're working on a new album. I'm not sure when it's coming out yet, so it's very early, but that's kind of cool. I kind of thought they were done. 
you know, they've had some mishaps with Johnson's health and then, of course, the passing of Angus's brother, uh, Basis, as well. So, cool that they're working on new, new stuff. Uh, I got some other news later on, but we're going to get back into the music. Uh, some black metal coming your fucking way right now. Um, got the great old ones, 1349 and the Gator. So, three brand new tracks. Hope you guys enjoyed them. Check it out.
everybody. This is Mike from Blacksmith Legacy, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, new stuff from the Gator. DJ Newis, back with you on Metal Tavern Radio, the podcast. A couple other things to get to in the music scene. Um, new Ozzy record is due out in January, according to Sharon Osbourne. Uh, apparently, she's still dredging out Ozzy's corpse and putting it up on stage or whatever. I don't know if she's actually going to tour or not, but uh, apparently, new record's on the way. I hope it's good. I'm not sure if Zach's involved. Probably is. Um, I kind of lost the Ozzy luster a long time ago, but. Uh, I don't know how much tour he's actually going to do. I just don't think he has the health to be able to do it. So it's probably just going to be a studio record and nothing else. So we'll see how that goes. I also saw an interesting article uh, from K.K. Downing recently uh, in regards to the album Turbo from Priest. And uh, I find that record's a very underrated record. And I know there's a few people that agree with me. Um, clearly, it was Judas Priest's attempt to hit the mainstream when the hard and glam rock phase in the late 80s was at its highest and so I think they were trying to capitalize on that. I didn't realize that they uh, had been asked to do or have a track played for the Top Gun soundtrack so not sure why it didn't happen. I think they may have turned it down. I don't remember but uh, it's kind of interesting that they would have been considered for that and they according to KK probably would have blew up after that. See, it's always funny because I always felt kind of like Priest was always big anyways to me, you know. So I don't know, like, when you think of all the metal and rock bands, especially around that era, like, they were one of the biggest ones out there, you know, from what I can remember. I mean, of course, then they released Ram It Down and then, of course, Painkiller after that. So, I don't know, I kind of felt like they were always kind of big with all their hits, and they were just, you know, they've always played different stuff throughout the years. I mean, they go back to the 70s and whatnot, but I don't know. Uh, it's definitely an underrated record, for, in my opinion, for most people. Uh, some people don't like it because of the whole, I don't know if you call it, bubblegum writing or whatever just because it's more simplified but I think they were doing a lot of cool shit on that record the hooks were great uh, as far as like songwriting I thought it was pretty damn good I don't know I always love that record I've got both on vinyl and cassette and CD so I don't know interesting article I think it's on um, metal ejection or blabbermouth something like that it's easy to find if you want to read about it it's pretty cool Anyway, gonna get back to the music. Uh, some more Black and Death coming your way in these next two blocks. Flesh Meadow, new stuff for them called Daymares. Here we go.
Brand new stuff from Coffin Rot. Miasma of Barbarity. DJ Noah is back with you on Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio, the podcast. Getting ready to close this bitch out. Do apologize. Not a whole lot of entertainment news to get to. I had a little bit of stuff in there, but nothing massive. I don't know how much is going to be happening in the next few weeks. So, as usual, with my uh, solo efforts, uh, the talking usually goes down, the music usually goes up. So, that might be better for some of you who enjoy just the music part of this stuff. But anyway, if I find any interesting uh, news bits and stuff like that, I will definitely elaborate and talk about it a little bit. But other than that, I'll give you the best in the brand new and old school metal that I can. And I've got one track left for you from a new track from Zoth. Very cool band. It's called Casting the Sigil. And I will see you all later. Enjoy Halloween. I'm actually doing this podcast, which is due next week. But it's the day before Halloween. Go figure. But if you haven't checked it out, we got our Halloween special up that Neko and I did. And, of course, the uh, other podcast that we did for the, whatever, what is it, the 28th, I guess? I don't know. Uh, There's two of them up there, though. So check them out. Enjoy. Here's Zoth, Casting a Seagull. Later, all. Enjoy. Enjoy. 